Well, I got a new series I'm starting uh, this week. I usually teach in series. Uh, the first gift that God placed inside me as a young man in the 1980s was the teaching. And, uh, you know, if you know anything, you don't know me well. I was an introvert most of my life till Jesus entered my life. And then something happened to me. But the first thing God did is, is I, I, I noticed this teaching thing growing inside of me. And it's been growing a long time. Ever since, uh, really, 1981 is when I first noticed it. But I forgot to say something. Today is a banner day for me because this is my 45th birthday. <laughs> I am older than that. But 40, it was a Sunday. September 12th was a Sunday 45 years ago. And, and I was 17 years old. September 12th, 1976. And a friend invited me to a church service that was other than the church I had been raised in. And I gave my life back to Jesus that morning in the service. And then that afternoon, I smoked uh, cigarettes up until that time. And I had a pack of Marlboros and a pack of Cool in my car. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I was driving my car down the road after lunch. And I chunked both of those out the window. And so every time people ask me, you ever smoke? Yes. When did you quit? September 12, 1976, 2 p.m. And that's all I ever need to hear about that. And then that night I went back to church. And at 7.20 p.m. at 600 East Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, I went up front and received this experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My life has never been the same. And then six months later, God called me to preach. So this is a banner day for me. So I'm just happy to be here today. And I can tell you after 45 years, God is more than faithful. And everything he's ever said to you, you can put it in the bank. It's better than a bank, believe me. He does exactly what he says. And he's the most faithful, loving person. God is the most faithful, loving being you will ever meet in your entire life. And today I want to talk about a person who works with him. You know, we have a, a, a trinity in our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're distinct persons, distinct personalities, but they're also one, one in thought, purpose, deed, motive, direction. They all do and think exactly the same way. It's amazing. All of us have different, all of them have different purposes. God proposes plans. The Holy Spirit reveals plans. The Son brings them to pass. This is just incredible. So I'm just really, I want to talk about the member of the Trinity today and begin this uh, series. Take me a while. I don't, I'm not going to finish my notes today. I've got a boatload of notes and uh, it's just not going to happen. So can I slow down? Y'all all right if I slow her down a bit? But, but this is a really important talk. I want to talk about yielding to the spirit of truth. Now, we're living in a time of great error and lies and deception. And now deception has turned into delusion. Delusion is when somebody knows something's true, but they believe something that's not true because it's said too many times. Boy, you're mighty quiet. Is that happening today? A big way. So we're surrounded by lies, distortion, deceptions, twisted truths, and they paint a partial picture of whatever is being said or being dealt with. And, uh, you know, yesterday, actually, I was in my truck coming to prayer, and I've got this series I found on MP3. By, anybody ever heard of Lester Summerall? Uh, he was a wonderful man of God, died in 1996 at age 83. But I followed his ministry for a long time prior to that. And, of course, I lived, Susan and I lived in Tulsa for eight years. And I heard him in person minister a number of times. He came to North Carolina after I moved here. And I heard him once there. 
And then his wife died, and I think a couple of years later, he uh, went to be with Jesus. But I have this uh, series on, uh, anyway, in my truck or on a flash drive, and, um, and I listened to him in my truck. And this was over 40 years ago, what I'm listening to. And he said this yesterday in the context of his, of his teaching. He said, you can become so accustomed to listening to lies and deception that you can come to a place you don't even recognize the truth when you hear it. Now, my friends, that was prophetic. That's today. Did you hear what I said? And and I'm telling you, uh, we are surrounded by deception on all levels. Now, I've said some of these things many times, but let me just, uh, just throw this little feeler out, comment. If you believe everything you hear, on the news and in the media, you're already deceived. And y'all, we need discernment. And it's amazing to me how many people I talk to who believe what they hear. Now, if you listen, listen with discernment. Because if you don't, did you know your ears can become hardened to truth? And that's a dangerous place to be. And what I'm very thankful about in my personal life is that there's an antidote for all of this. And he's living on the inside of me and you if you're a Christian. And he's the spirit of what? Truth. So the Holy Spirit also does another thing. He brings to us the presence of God, which the presence of God is, is, is such, I don't even know how to, how to, how to talk about it. I, I don't want to say it's a subject. The presence of God is who God is. It's part of him. You know, they say the molecules, if you have a a smoke in the air, the molecules of whatever is burning are in the air. So if if, if somebody in your house is cooking fried chicken, guess what's in the air? Can you smell it? Or or you got a roast in the crock pot. What are you smelling? Uh, Anyway, and and, and so uh, the idea is the molecules are there, and, and so the presence of God contains him. It's him. It's his DNA. It's who he is. I never knew much. It's funny to me. I was in church 17 years, almost 18 years, and didn't know anything about the presence of God. I'd never felt it. It's hard to talk about because it brings up emotion, but when you get into that presence, it's like it goes into every cell of your being. It permeates the parts of you that nobody knows. And it gets inside of you. And it reveals you so that you can hide nothing. And then it motivates you to change what you've been doing. And it's such an encouragement that you leave that place different. It's called the presence. How many heard me? Isaiah 33, 16, New Living Translation. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? And this is um, Moses talking to God. He'd already been on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, give it some context. And, uh, you know, he had them. God wrote them with his finger on some clay tablets and um, came down from the mountain and the Israelites were worshiping a golden calf with an sexual orgy. And Moses got so upset that he threw the tablets down. Remember that? 
And God said, I'm going to destroy all these people. And Moses said, take my name out of the book of life, but spare the people. And God said, okay, for your sake, I won't do it. And then Moses kept saying, Lord, you, uh, you've got to go with us on our journey because they had come from 400 years of being in Egypt going into the promised land. And here's his conversation with God. For how shall it be known? He said, God, we won't go unless you go with us. And so, for how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people, is it not in your going with us? So that, watch this, so that we are distinct. Everybody say distinct. I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. So what distinguishes the life of a Christian It should be the presence. And you know what? People should see the presence on us. And it's that presence, you know, living in a fallen world as we do, we're going to have pressures and hard times. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in the world you'll have, uh, the Greek word is thlipsis, pressures, hard pressures, difficulties, challenges. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But see, there's such a difference in the way that believers deal with pressure. Is that true? See, everybody's got the same pressure. The world's got a way they deal with it, but we've got totally different answers. See, that's the difference. It's not that we're different in that these things don't affect us. No, being a believer means you may have more pressures than you had before. In fact, when I came to Jesus, I had this wishy idea that, you know, suddenly, and I thought, well, all my problems are going to disappear. Truth is, the next day I had more problems than I had the day before I came to Jesus. So what happened? Well, I'm swimming upstream in the downstream world. And if you're living that way, it, it, that itself uh, creates pressures. And how many know that pain looks for pleasure? That's what psychologists tell us. Is that true? And y'all, we, are, we got a lot of pleasure seekers in our culture today. And you may find yourself in such agony with all of the changes that are occurring worldwide. Listen to me, that, that, that your, your default is looking for pleasure. And what I'm noticing is that believers who have been set free from things are, are going back to the, to the mud puddles they were set free from to drink the water because of the pain. Pain seeking pleasure. How many hear me? How many know overeating can be a pleasure? Uh, can I tell you my weakness? Now, I don't even yield to it now, but you know with overeating? You know the, those, uh, the, those bags of, uh, of 16 donuts with the white powder on them? Can I get a witness, somebody? I think I might could eat that whole box with a couple of cups of coffee. Or a bag, it's in a bag, right? But I haven't touched those in honest. <laughs> See, that's, uh, that's pain looking for pleasure, right? Oh, yours might be ice cream. You can eat the whole half gallon. Now it's only a, not quite a half a gallon and they charge you more, right? So, yeah, whatever it is. Um, alcohol, you know, there are a lot of um, silent alcoholics nobody knows, but they're taking a sip. If you've got to have a nip every day and you're a believer and you've got to have that to cool, calm down when you get off work, that's a crutch. And you just left the presence of Jesus for a counterfeit. Now that rubs people. 
<clears throat> I'm a teetotaler. I don't drink anything. I drink water, a splurge of sweet tea. I'm not kidding. What? Half and half tea, yeah. And I do drink coffee. Well, I do like coffee in the morning. But anyway, drugs, all kinds of drugs. And now, you know, people are abusing uh, subscription drugs. And they're figuring out a way to abuse over-the-counter medications. Needless, notwithstanding all the other kinds of drugs. And now, and now pot's become popularized again. It's a really weird day to me. I smoked pot when I was a kid. You know what I found out? The Greek word for witchcraft is the word pharmakia. We get our word pharmacy, pharmaceuticals, same derivative. Demon spirits get involved in your life when you sedate the central nervous system with something. You wonder why people, we just had a guy, where was that? Yeah, 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 we were at a hotel having a seminar, and Susan and I had one day, one day I could get by the pool. So I'm chilling by the pool, you know. I'm under an umbrella because I don't give a hoot about the sun. And I'm reading like I normally do. And, uh, uh, and this guy, and then we went to eat lunch in this little cabana place, you know. And this guy come, that man, he talked to everybody in the whole room real loud. Now, usually when that happens, that tells me something because I've had a lot of plane flights and a loud man's beside me. And I can, I can tell by his breath he's been drinking. Well, this man was not just drinking. He was just plum drunk. Huh? And, um, yeah, he had just taken way, way, way too much. And that's where people are today. And see, demon spirits get involved when you sedate the nervous system. I mean, you say things you'd never know you're going to say. Most of the time, people that end up in a sexual mess, drinking was involved. Yes or no? It opens you up to, to make choices you'd never make. Next day, people say, what in the world I do? Why did I do that? Demon spirits helped you. Well, why did I say that? I usually don't have a lot of conversation with a drunk person because they can't even hear what you're saying anyway. Don't remember unless God supernaturally sobers them up. I've had that happen with people a couple of times. How many hear me? We're living in a strange day that people are allowing demon spirits via drugs, alcohol, and that kind of thing to uh, dominate them. And then there's, there's, a, uh, there's something called the new crack, which is pornography. A little bit too much pressure. All i got to do is click, 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 and there you are looking at some flesh. Now, now what's that flesh going to do for you? Can you get to that flesh? Probably not. But what's it doing to you? Messing up your head. Inviting demon spirits of lust. Did you know that lust has no com lowest common denominator? Did you hear what I just said? Do you know what I mean by that? If you took math, you do. Lust can never be satisfied. And what satisfied you one time, you got to have a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then you go into perversion. Why are we dealing with all this mess in our culture today? Lesbianism, homosexuality, transgenderism, fluid sexuality, which means I'm a boy today, a girl tomorrow. Uh, it's crazy. Why are we dealing with that? The flesh has no lowest common denominator. It'll look for more and more and more until it can't be satisfied. And then people get into real, real nasty, nasty stuff. Bestiality, pedophilia. Where does all that come from? It comes from pain. 
trying to find an outlet. Did you hear what I said? And friends, you'll never find it with all these things. Yes or no? It's, it's quiet, it gets quiet in this denominational church here. You know what I found out? Listen, what I just said, some of that may be touching you. I feel it. Let me just tell you, God will never expose you to somebody else because he loves you. Did you hear me? But what he's doing right now in the atmosphere, he's exposing you right now, and that's what you feel to his presence. I read something, and it really got me. Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. There is no alcohol that can give you what Jesus can. There's no amount of pot smoking that's going to give it to you, or drug taking, or overeating, or sweet 16 donuts, or porn. But what I found out, if you'll, if you'll submit your pain to the pleasure of the Holy Spirit, the pleasure coming from the presence of Jesus, he'll minister to you. There's an anointing in here. Do y'all feel this? Y'all feel this? Now, let me tell you what the enemy tries to do. Hebrews, I think I gave you this verse, 312. But beware, brethren, lest any of you, there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How many know sin's deceitful? It'll take you a lot farther, somebody said, an old pastor years and years ago. It'll take you farther than you ever thought you'd go. Cost you more than you thought you'd ever want to pay, and, and, and keep you longer than you ever thought you'd stay. Pain, seeking pleasure. If you do it wrong, you know what happens? We harden ourselves to the presence of God. Say, so let me tell you where America is right now. A lot of people have come to Jesus, but they've stopped getting in the Word. They've stopped praying like they did years ago. And a lot of these things have taken the place of the presence of God. And let me tell you, see, 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 see. It's okay. Everybody's quiet. Look straight ahead. But watch. Let me tell you where we're at. I've been praying about all this. Here's what comes up. Listen, listen to me. We're at a point in, in right now in the world that if you'll take all your pain and all your wrong ways of dealing with it, whether it's alcohol, binge eating, over-the-counter drugs or prescription medications, or pornography, illicit sex, here's where we're at. God knows what, what we do. He knows what, what we think helps us. And we're in a place of time right now, I hear him. If you'll give it to him and say, God, would you help me out of this? His grace will invade your life. And did you know it's possible for God to give you a disdain for sweet 16 donuts? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever you binge on, or the alcohol. 
It won't be alcohol. It'll be rot gut. It'll be nasty to you. And then the porn. Psychologists say that's one of the hard addiction, hardest addictions to break. It's kind of like being addicted to an illicit drug because the synapses in the brain get so accustomed to it, they, gotta, they crave it and call out for it. So the addiction, God can break the addictions. Won't you close your eyes a minute? I did. Wow. Y'all feel this? You just, you know, let me, listen, look at me first. Look at me first. First, team, first Timothy, I ask you to do these things, and the background of it is, First Timothy 2.8, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, men and women, men's generic for men and women, pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath, without anger, without doubting. When I lift my hands, you know what I'm saying, God? I present to you me, uh, my strength, my works, where I've been, what I've been doing. I present me to you. And when I lift my hands, I'm saying, God, I'm surrendering who I am to you and where I've been and what I've done. I can't do anything about it now, but you can. Does that make sense? So when you lift your hands, we are worshiping the Lord, people lift it. You lift your hands this way. See, I could get off in all kinds of teaching. Yada, toda. Yada, yad is the Hebrew word for hand, claw, an eagle's claw. Yada. When you're saying yada, you're reaching your hands up like this saying, God, I need you. I need you to answer my prayer. I need healing. I need, I need a miracle. I need a miracle on my job. I need, a, I need a miracle in my family. But there's another Hebrew word for the lifting of the hand. is toda. That's where you're saying, God, I just love you. I just need you. We need both. But today, would you lift your hands with me? Put both of them up just like this. There's an anointing. I feel it so strong. God. The heart of God is for you. Can you, can, in a minute, just keep, keep your hands up. It's okay. You can play in a minute. The heart of God is for you. Do you sense his heart? Do you fit senses pull on you right now? Would you just while your hands are at, if there's anything you've been messing with, maybe it's just in your mind and you haven't translated it into action yet. Say, God, that's me. I give it to you. I don't want that pleasure thing. I want you. Would you tell him? If you'll be honest to say, God, that's a struggle for me. You know it is, Lord. And nobody knows, and I could never tell. It's too, I'm too proud. I hide, but I can't hide from you. Tell him. Tell him what it is you really, really struggle with. And in your heart, you don't have to say it out loud. Just say, God, I don't want that anymore. See, when I said that, there's somebody you crave attention. And that craving attention causes you problems. It causes you, you get into relationships you have no business in. You make decisions on your job that you should not make. You make financial decisions, get into things just because you want to please somebody else. God will take that from you. See, it translates into a thousand things. Come on, Father. Glory to God, we worship you, sir. Lord, come and visit us. Come and visit the private areas of life today and draw us to yourself. And Father, in Jesus' name, you hear every thought. You hear every word that we're talking inside of ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, may those, uh, 
May those uh, idols that we use to pleasure ourselves, may they be broken in every life. May today be a turning point in every life. May, may there be created by your presence inside of us a disdain for that which once brought us pleasure that moves us from you and hardens our hearts. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. I command the demonic forces that lie and cheat and steal and malign. Leave them in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over every area of life that creates bondage, thinking it's pleasure. Now, Lord, sensitize our hearts to you. Let our hearts be soft like a little baby's skin again. Move us towards you. I thank you. Come on, worship him a minute. I was praying. I was praying. It was yesterday or Friday. God gave me a word. And the word is surrender. I was a little boy in church. If you know it, sing it with me. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live I surrender all I surrender all all to thee my blessed Savior I surrender Lord, let this be a Kodak moment in every person. Let us come back to this tristine place again and again. Lord, when the donuts tempt us, so to speak. Lord, when the alcohol, the drugs, the sex, the porn, the whatever it is, the, the relationship that's wrong and we know it. Draw us back to this moment in time in Jesus' name. Isn't that good? Isn't God good? Now you see his presence is here. See, in, in his presence is him. God can break what it takes years for a psychologist to even get to. And he can do it just like that. Has he done that for you? Say, Pastor, what do I do if these th things come back up? Say, Lord, I don't want it. Thank you for removing that from me. For some people, it's instant. But what you'll find if you'll say, God, I don't want that in me. And if you start yielding to the same thing, you can say, Lord, I don't want that. When you catch yourself, I mean, that's how you break a habit. How do you break a habit? You know, incrementally. Catch yourself after the fact. God, I don't want that. Now, you've taken the want to out of me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just keep catching yourself. See, you know, what you don't want to do is uh, get involved in something and just don't talk about it to anybody, even yourself. That's bondage, right? But, but if you'll go to the presence of God, it's amazing what he does. Little bit by little bit sometimes. He just keeps eking away inside of you.
And it starts replacing all of the negative parts of you. Isn't that awesome? Y'all, I, I, see, I, I'm not the same person I was 45 years ago. I, I'm not where I want to be yet either. I, I feel like I got a million miles to go, but I'm not there. I am not where I was. Isn't that good? He changes us from glory to glory. Let me tell you one other thing about, about Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He won't make demands that you can't keep. And, and listen, all of us are at different places spiritually in this room and online. And he knows where you are. And, and you can't uh, pattern your life after somebody else. Okay? At the same time. And, and, so, and so here's the way it works. You know, you come to Jesus with all this uh, kitten caboodle mess. It's kind of like, uh, you ever had a cat that liked to play with a yarn ball? You know how they get it all messed up and tangled up and you can't hardly find the end to get it untangled? That's the way life is sometimes, kind of tangled up. God will f- eventually in you find the very end of the yarn and little bit by little bit to un- begin to untangle it. But he'll never do more than you can handle. Did you hear what I just said? You got it? God's tender. Let me just tell you something about our Father. See, the Holy Spirit's this way. He's very tender with you. Having said that, if you have a rebellious attitude, he knows how to chew on you hard. There's been times I heard him inside, you stop that. Yes, sir. You hear me? This, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. This is really odd, but it's normal. Beginning today, God's going to start unraveling you. We live in such a hardened age and time. We're so hardened to each other. And see, that's a presupposition. We're hardened to God. Whatever you are to God, you're to other people. If you get close to him, you can't be mean to other people. It just doesn't work. You can't do it. But if you sneak away from him a little bit and don't talk to him, that hardness comes back. Susan, Susan's in children's ministry right now. But she used to tell me, Mitch, you know, you ever thought about being a drill sergeant? I don't know. We got four kids. We first started having them. Well, I, was, I could put Mr. Drill Sergeant hat on. Mark it out. That's void of relationship, you know, right? You see, God is gentle, soft, easy to be entertained, right? So what's happening right now, I'm, I'm, I'm watching myself, and I got a whole lot to say, but I, we got, this moment's important. I'm telling you, the presence of God is here. And, and you may not feel it because maybe you're hard. It's okay. He'll soften you up. God's going to sneak up on you. And in your vulnerable moments, when the pain comes back this week, he's going to give you a choice. You can go where you were with the sweet 16 donuts or, you know, uh, or, You can try me. You can have me. In the hard places, he's going to um, soften. It takes time, you know, when something's hard. It takes time to soften it up, right? 
sometimes. Isn't that good? Is God good? I have no idea where to go from here. Maybe you should start playing in the background. Joshua, are you okay? Yeah. I saw Joshua over there with his hands up, and I didn't want to bother him. You know, he needs to be ministered to too, right? I, I, I may share, let me see if there's one, one more thing. Yeah. Acts 4.13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, Peter and John just you know, was a guy at one of the gates of the temple who had been crippled for almost 40 years. If you've watched The Chosen, you can watch this scene. It's awesome. But after that, when the boldness of Peter and John, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that is the, the people in Jerusalem, and perceived that, lo, they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. You know, if, if, if you'll walk with God and, and let him be the person that puts his pleasure on your pain, you'll be a cut above the crowd. Did you hear me? <laughs> and see, then God can use you to minister to somebody who's dealing with pain the wrong way. And we got a whole culture dealing with pain the wrong way. Is that true? Y'all, I'm telling you, that's where we're at. And God can use you to really help them. When I first came to the Lord, I worked at a grocery store. I think they're bought by somebody in the last recent years. It used to be Bilo. Anybody ever heard of Bilo in South Carolina? I worked for that organization before I went to move to Tulsa. When Susan and I got married, I worked for them. And um, when I came to the Lord in 1976, um, I, I worked there. I had big old long hair all the way down to my shoulders. And then to work for Bilo, I had to white wall my ears. And it was a big challenge. But I think about Bilo because there when I came to the Lord and I was uh, in the grocery store and, of course, you got public and people coming in and out all the time. And I, and I wouldn't even realize what I was doing. Some, you know, my, my dad, when, when, uh, when I was young, he did three things. He would either uh, hum, humming a song, or he's whistling. And I love to whistle. Or he was singing. And I must have his genes because I do the same thing. Uh, I'm walking by Ann's office, my secretary. She's, I'll be singing to him because I, I learned all the Baptist hymn. I think I memorized the whole Baptist hymnal when I was a kid. And I could sing all those songs, all three stanzas we sang in church, you know. But I was in work one day, and, and I hadn't known the Lord very long. And somebody come up to me and said, what you so happy about? And I said, happy? How do you know I'm happy? Well, you're humming. I said, well, I said, it must be Jesus. See, when you, when you it let him, when you let him meet your needs and let that presence come in and address your pain, it'll show on you. Did you hear me? And y'all, in American culture right now, God wants to show off through you. Did you hear me? We're not, this is not a bless me place. This is a place to be empowered to go out and help those people that don't know how to help themselves. They got six bags of 16 donuts. They're empty. All right? They got bottles of, of liquor that are empty. And they need help. And you have the way of eternal life.
How can you ever turn them away? You know, this is really unusual for me. I feel something. This is really, really unusual. God wants to do something through you. Could you lift your hands one more time, just like that? Lord, this is not a place to come and just get something and go away and smile and forget. Let there be a spirit of boldness that comes upon each person with their hands raised, listen the way mine are. And let there come a compassion from heaven into every heart in the name of Jesus. Let it be when we see others and we see their countenance and we see their drooping shoulders and we see the forlornness on their countenance. Lord, may the moving of compassion come from inside of us. And may you use us just a simple word, a simple word of encouragement, a simple prayer. Let it come in every person in Jesus' name. You agree? You agree? Now, Susan and I were at the hotel, and um, we had some problems with our room. So I went downstairs to address it, you know, because that's what I do. I'm very forward. Susan's there with me. and uh, So I walked up to the counter, and the lady says, well, how you doing? I said, I'm good. I told her I had some problems with the room, blah, blah. And then she just got to talking, and we said, well, what's your name? She told us. She said, uh, she said I've had a really hard weekend because it was, you know, Labor Day weekend. We got there on Sunday after I preached last Sunday. And she said, uh, people have just been so cruel to me. She began to cry. And uh, people are not nice. And then she said this, people are just not nice anymore. And then she said, I've taken the vaccine and I'm having some complications. Then some people do. And says, I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with my body. I'm struggling with my mind. Struggling with my emotions. And here's all I said, ma'am, can I pray for you? And y'all, when I said pray, when I said pray, Susan's right beside, she grabbed our hands. We put her, she, she grabbed our hands like, a, like somebody fighting for life. Grabbed our hands. And we just begin to pray for her. How many thousands of people are just like that today? And the Spirit of God's in you. He's not in you. He wants to help you, but He wants to use you to help others. You get it? I hardly got anywhere in my notes, but I'd rather have the presence. Wouldn't you? Did you get something out of this?